Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Dog Will Eat My Face. In all honesty, I was actually not going to do a podcast uh, until after the holidays. Uh, Just to kind of take a break for myself and, and not really... (laughs) <laughs> do anything other than just chill and be with my dog and people I care about. So, you know, that that was my original goal. Now, truly, I've done all that. I have been with my dog and people I care about. So I haven't foregone those decisions by any means. But I am going to go out on a limb here and create a podcast uh, after all. (laughs) The catalyst, so to say, of this podcast is frankly a great deal of frustration that I often feel with the Christmas holiday. Not so much New Year's. New Year's is just kind of an excuse for people to get drunk, I think. (laughs) And, you know, I've always lived my life under the edict that I don't need an excuse to get drunk. (laughs) So, uh, that's just sort of been a benign day, a benign holiday in my mind. Um, Ironically, though, that resulted more in me not drinking my ears because I did on other nights. (laughs) So, it's just become sort of a non-event most of my life. But anyway... Uh, with the Christmas side of things and the, and the Christian side of things, uh, I get quite frustrated with the naivete and the absolute... ignorance of so many people who cling to these beliefs based on absolutely nothing other than that's what they've been told. And that's what they've been told handed down to them for thousands of years. And that's, of course, the religious side of the holiday. And I really got kind of set off by someone, I'm not going to say who, recently, to again talk about this. Because I've talked about it before, and I hate repeating myself. But I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) Because I was just so flabbergasted by the complete balderdash that I heard. Uh, I was stunned and then angry. And then I guess stunned again. Because I couldn't imagine how somebody in today's world, where they have literally the access to just about all of human knowledge at their fingertips for free, and yet they choose... To be blissfully 
unaware. And to be as naive as I would say a small child. And yet these people are full on adults. And and I'm not suggesting I'm going to talk about adults who believe in Santa. (laughs) Because we all know Santa is real. And I I don't have a problem with that. Santa is absolutely real. Um, But the religious spin on it. For somebody like me who is a history buff, and in particular a Roman history buff, things I hear just make me cringe. And there was a statement I just recently heard that set me off and I felt I had to get this off my chest. <laughs> so that that is your fair warning. This podcast may very well be merely a venting session. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people don't want to hear that kind of stuff. So I don't... I don't uh, judge you for skipping this podcast, but if you think you're tough in mind and (laughs) able to pursue, by all means, find a chair, make a good scotch or a spot of tea, whatever you like, and... Join me in this tirade of historical facts. (laughs) And I'm sure a lot of you have heard it before. I know I've said it and explained it before. And that might be boring. But I just have to do it based on what I heard today. So if you're brave enough, stay on and I will dive into what I heard and what it is exactly and precisely I'm talking about here in the next segment. So let's dive into things right away. I am a band-aid right off sort of guy, so I'm just going to get into it immediately now. I think most of my listeners know this, but maybe not all, especially if you're somewhat new. I... I'm not religious. I'm actually an atheist. And I really never wanted that to be any sort of focus of my podcasts. Because to me, it's an argument that's been had and made and is been had and done every which way by so many different authorities uh, far smarter than me on both sides of the equation to be perfectly honest and I feel it's been it's been done the argument's been had and I think that it squarely defeated the theistic 
model, that is the religious model of people's thinking. In other words, there is truly still no proof whatsoever that a God exists. In my opinion and in a lot of other people's opinions, one of my favorite comedians, Eddie Izzard actually, who is also an atheist, uh, summarized the proof that there is no God in three little words. He said on stage when I was watching him, I've seen him, I've seen him live a number of times uh, in various cities. Um, I think this was in Madison Square Garden when he appeared there. But I could be wrong. Anyway, he said he could disprove the existence of God with three little words. And of course, the whole audience hushed up in baited silence to hear him expose and share these three daunting words that will prove there is no God. And then what he proceeded to say was World War Two. <laughs> That's his proof that there is no God. <laughs> now, of course, he's a comedian. And it, it's meant to be funny. And it's also meant to be, though, a serious uh, attack on the belief that God exists and that if there were a God, he would not have dared to have allowed the horrors that we all saw in humanity across the globe in World War II to occur. And this touches a little bit on Epicurean thought. And I, I consider myself Epicurean in that regard only. I'm certainly not a hedonist as that phrase has, or that word um, has come to mean. But anyway, I, I'm more within the Epicurean camp where he said something along the lines of if there is a God but he is unable to make change then he's impotent and if there is a God and he is able to make change, but chooses not to, then he is malevolent. And in either case, why would you call him God if either of those were true? And that was from a, a Greek philosopher well before Christianity even came along. Um, and, and, and I consider myself in that camp. If there was a God, he's either impotent or more, or just completely malevolent. And therefore, in my opinion, 
He's not a God. It's not a God, whatever you want to call it. So, that's where I stand on that debate. Now, I bring this up today against my earlier pretenses, that those, those being I didn't want to talk about religious issues or atheism in this podcast for the reason that I already shared. I feel that the argument's been had and that atheism has completely won and destroyed theistic claims. They just, they can't defend themselves in any debate, period. I've watched hundreds of them. And it's, it's, it's just a crushing defeat after crushing defeat <laughs> in these, in these debates between theists and non-theists. And so to me, I think that's a boring topic. It's an argument that's been had. I think that atheism has absolutely handedly won the argument and therefore there's no reason to pound sand and and keep keep going on about the same thing it's it's just boring at this point now and that's my issue with it to me it's just a it's just an argument that's been beaten to death and the theistic arguments have been eviscerated numerous times and there's really nowhere else to go with that (laughs) that's my belief so I should correct myself there that's what I think I don't believe that. I think beliefs are very dangerous. Uh, whereas thoughts are not. And I'll touch on that a little bit more later. Anyway. So. I am going against that original pretense today. Because I heard probably the most naive and childish comment from a grown adult just today to where I almost fell out of my chair And most certainly threw up a little bit in my mouth in shock. (laughs) And what I heard, I I might be paraphrasing this a little bit, because my memory is not infallible. Uh, I know, shocking, right? But it was something on the lines of, For some reason only known to God, he chose Christmas Day 2,000 plus years ago to begin his very short visit with us to gift us with his message. So... God chose, and only God knows why he chose Christmas Day to gift us with his message. Where can I begin with what's wrong in that statement? Even coming from a Christian, I find that incredibly Stupid. (laughs) It is just a 
childish, naive, stupid thing to say beyond, beyond emphasis. And that's because we know where Christmas Day came from. It's in the history books. <laughs> it's not some secret only known to God. It's something that is written down. That has been preserved in the centuries. Since the fourth century. And has been a part of the historical text ever since. It is not mysterious. And it most certainly not chosen by God. And I would think a true Christian would even find that phrase and horrific. Because this is someone who does not even know the very history of their own religion. And how it came to be during the Roman Empire, how it became the dominant religion, and how December 25th was chosen as Christmas Day. Not by God. And it's no mystery who chose it. <laughs> Again, it's written down in the history books, people. <laughs> this isn't a secret. So, my next segment, I will tell you who actually came up with December 25th and why. And how it is well known today in the history books. So, without further ado, the individual, the man, human being, who chose December 25th to be Christmas Day was the Emperor Constantine the Great of the Roman Empire. He chose December 25th, in fact, the year 336 after he himself converted from paganism to Christianity and then made through edict Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire. Now, of course, it took hundreds of years for people to buy into what for so long was an underground shunned cult. And people are really slow to change their ways and their beliefs. So even though he did make it the official religion of, of Rome, he... Uh, had a long road ahead of him to make it actually mean anything. But he did lay the groundwork. 
He helped to produce, I think it was to the Council of Nicaea, I think that was also in the fourth century, the first Bible. Where they amalgamated the various books into a pontified, pontif, is that, I can't say that word, pontified, there we go, <laughs> into a pontified doctrine, a book called the Bible. So, it was not God. And it was not a decision only known to God. It was a decision made by a Roman emperor because he had recently converted the empire to Christianity. And was basically taking the old pagan traditions and turning them into new Christian holidays. So, there is no mystery whatsoever about December 25th. <laughs> there is no mystery as to who chose it. We know the man's name. <laughs> yeah, there is still today standing next to the Colosseum in Rome an arch of Constantine dedicated to him. I think it's right at the head of the Via Appia as it goes into the Forum. But it's still there and in pristine condition. The triumphal arch of Constantine. And, and he would then move the capital of the Roman Empire to Byzantium and name it after himself, the modest bloke that he was, to Constantinople. And his movement to Christianity, for the most part, was a step in making a dramatic power grab in the empire by dismantling the ancient Roman traditions and pagan religions that so many of the elite at that time were worshipping. He, he made that all persona non grata, so to speak, thereby giving him more centralized power and even went so far as to move the Roman capital from the city of Rome, which is what the name of the Roman Empire is based on, where it all originated from, to a little Greek, formerly Greek town near the Bosphorus, and renamed it from Byzantium to Constantinople. It was a power grab. Although he claimed he, he changed to Christianity when he saw a sign over, what was it, the, the Aurelian Bridge? I'd have to look it up. Anyway, but he saw a Christian sign when he was trying to
form his, his army outside of Rome in a civil war to grab power from the others that were trying to seize power as the next emperor. Unfortunately, late empire, this sort of thing was quite frequent. And he claimed that when he prayed to the gods for victory, he saw a Christian symbol in the sky. And he promised that he would convert himself and the empire to Christianity if he prevailed. He prevailed. And he was good on his word. Probably the only good attribute of him. <laughs> At least he was honest. <laughs> so, that's where that all came from. And why December 25th? Do you really think a young woman in the Levant would hunker down in a manger in the middle of winter to give birth to a child. No. Well, certainly, no, unless she was bonkers. What, what most people would do if they were coming near their date, they would head elsewhere to a warmer climate. And they certainly wouldn't try giving birth in a stable or a manger or anything like that. In the middle of winter. <laughs> I mean, Palestine... It's still pretty darn cold in the winter. It's not Alaska, sure, but it's also not Florida. <laughs> it's the Mediterranean climate, but at night, especially out there in the desert, it gets pretty darn cold. So... If a woman were to give birth, she'd more than likely head to Egypt or someplace else warmer so as to um, help to ensure their baby survives. It's just a simple case of caretaking for the newborn, like women would do that. Anyway... And if that's not enough, the Christmas holiday itself was in its entirety, in all its symbolism, just copied over from existing popular Roman traditions pagan traditions that were merely renamed to be Christian. And I will hopefully briefly discuss that in this coming segment. If you made it this far, I promise you, you're almost to the finish line and I applaud your, <laughs> your, I applaud your, uh, constitution <laughs> to deal with my rant. I'm, I'm, there is light at the end of this tunnel, and it's not a train, so bear with me. So, I'm sure many of my listeners, at least in the English-speaking world, 
have heard the old Christmas song where it goes along like on the seventh day of Christmas my true love gave to me and well first of all I apologize for singing there you had to hear that I am awful at singing so first of all I apologize. <laughs> Secondly, there, there, there was uh, some allusion here and there throughout history to there being seven days of Christmas. And you might wonder, why is that when it's just been December 25th? As established in the third, or excuse me, in the fourth century by Constantine. Well, during that time period, December 17th until the 24th, was the Roman festival of Saturnalia. And it was by far the most popular festival in the Roman world. It would last for days, a week on end, obviously. And it included such traditions as gift exchanging, um, changing roles with your slaves, like pretending to be a slave, and then your slave pretending to be the freeman and reversing it for giggles. I know in our modern world that sounds completely bonkers, but slavery in the Roman Empire is a totally different thing that would take a year to talk about. It's not like the slavery that was experienced in North America, for example, at all. Part of it was, but a lot of it was not. Anyway... Um, they would actually do that. Slave owners would trade off with their slaves. They'd switch roles comedically. (laughs) People, as I said already, they exchange gifts. And they would decorate the temples of Saturn, to whom the festival is dedicated, with... Garlands of of green and red. You know, they'd often have green leaves or olive leaves uh, twining down the columns. And they'd also throw in red banners because those two colors were the symbols of the god Saturn. And there were also, uh, for a brief period, there was legalized gambling throughout most of the empire. Uh, Gambling was actually illegal. Uh, Didn't mean it didn't happen. You could find almost any... Uh, bar anywhere and they're playing dice and that dice was the game of choice but during Saturnalia dice games were no longer illegal so there was gambling (laughs) there was a lot of drinking there were games of course and all the venues and all the theaters and gift giving and merriment and eating and Decorating things with green and red. And even planting evergreen trees in your home as a symbol of everlasting renewed life. Because the winter solstice is in the middle of it. Shortest day of the year, December 21st. And you move away from the shortening days 
now to the days slowly beginning to get longer again. So you have that as a symbol of everlasting life that you would decorate in your home. Because in the harshest winter, the evergreen is aptly named. <laughs> it's always green. <laughs> and and so the Saturnalia was really the foundation that we see today of what happens during the Christmas season. And when Constantine was in power, again, he declared Christianity the official religion, but the empire consisted of, at this time, of approximately, I want to say, like 120, 150 million people. It spread from the edges of Scotland to the Sudan in Africa, from Mesopotamia to Morocco. I mean, it was huge. Huge. God, now I sound like Donald Trump. Huge. Anyway. Um, we'll ignore that. I'll cut that out in the net. Don't worry. Anyway, there was no way you were going to convince everyone on day one, okay, we're Christian now, because they had their pagan traditions that they were not willing to give up. And Saturnalia was one such tradition that absolutely not willing to give up. It was the most favorite festival of the year. Everyone had fun. They were not going to give it up for anything. So those practices were just wrapped into the new Christmas holiday. And the 25th of December was chosen because that is the day at the end of the Saturnalia. And in the Roman pagan world, it was, <coughs> pardon me, in the Roman world, the 25th was the day of Sol Invictus, or the everlasting sun. Rebirth of life, rebirth of the sun, everything. And so, right on the heels of Saturnalia, as I lose my voice here, um, there was the other popular festival celebrating the sun god and the everlasting sun. So, <clears throat> all of that got wrapped into the modern Christian condition, or Christian festivities, I should say. They were just simply renamed. And that was... Really, the only way Constantine was willing to get an iota of Romans to go along with the new state religion of Christianity. So, <clears throat> those things during the holidays that you see in the Western world are no mystery. And a lot of modern Christians say, let's put the Christ back into Christmas and take away all the other claptrap. The claptrap is what sold it. <laughs> That's what made people like it. <laughs> That's what made Christianity uh, feasible even inside 
the Roman Empire as a large religion. And the 25th was again just chosen by the Emperor Constantine replacing the day of Sol Invictus, the everlasting sun. Because that was another popular pagan cult and it symbolized rebirth of the new seasons and rebirth of life. <clears throat> So, there you go. <laughs> there really is no mystery to Christmas. Where it came from, how it came to be, why these symbols are there in, in Christmas. Again, green and red are the two colors of the God, Saturn. <laughs> and this is all documented. That's just, that's why this really ticked me off. The phrase for or I should say the phrase suggesting that God's decision for only reasons known to him was to make Christmas on the 25th. Wrong. That's why this ticks me off so much. It's in the history books. This stuff is not debatable. The, the pontiff will even acknowledge this. The Holy See, the Pope, will acknowledge these origins. They know where this stuff came from. They know where their power came from. They know why they're the church in Rome. Because it came about in the Roman Empire. In fact, Constantine, um, I believe, commissioned the, the very first version of St. Peter's Basilica just outside Rome over the crypt of St. Peter. So, yeah. St. <laughs> Peter's Basilica, the epicenter of Catholicism in the world, was initially commissioned the first version of it because it's been expanded and rebuilt many times but the first version was commissioned by the same dude <laughs> the Emperor Constantine so that's really why this upsets me it's not even so much that it's a theistic and non-theistic debate again, but because it is completely an affront to recorded knowledge. You would have to take major steps to dilute yourself into believing this bogus information that was shared with me earlier today. Again, at a time when this information 
is available to everyone at their fingertips. Even if you don't have internet, go to the library. They have internet. They'll even let you check out any book for free. <laughs> and if they don't have the book, they'll get it from the Library of Congress for free. Just return it when you're done. <laughs> so, there's no excuse for that level of naivete. To believe it in the first place is asinine. And whoever first told this lie to this person, I'm sure they didn't come up with this on their own. Like they were making eggs one morning and they just decided, ah, this is the truth. No, I'm sure someone, a pastor, a church group, uh, maybe a friend, I don't know. Someone told them this false truth. And that is so horrific to me. Now, someone who embraces knowledge and cognition, for anyone to spread such an adultered lie and say it's true with a straight face is to me the personification of evil itself. Because I think if knowledge and the light it brings upon the world and ourselves and the universe is good, then the darkness and the stifling reduction of ignorance must absolutely be the evil of this world. So for someone to share this, knowing full well it's been made up, or, you know, maybe even not knowing it's been made up. It just, it's appalling to me. You don't share things as truths, I would think, at least until you validate it. <laughs> I mean, if not, you've got to be the victim of practical pranks all the time and scammers all the time <laughs> emailing you spam and and fishing and <laughs> other things to fall for that i mean I, i'm just flabbergasted as i first said at the level of naivete and ignorance it would take to say and to believe this complete balderdash. And incidentally, I might as well touch on why I don't like the word belief. I'm actually quite careful most of the time when I speak, I try not to say the word belief unless it's truly warranted. 
And thankfully, that's very rare. Because inherently, a belief is almost immovable. It is something that cannot bend or change. And it could be based on absolutely nothing. But still, a strong belief. That's why I prefer to say, I think. I don't believe this. I think this. Because that illustrates that I'm using cognition and my logical senses in my inner self to come to that conclusion. And what's more, while a belief is almost immovable, pretty much anything you think can be changed. And to me, that's, that's absolutely precious. Because undoubtedly, all of us are going to get things wrong. Many times in our lives, we will get things wrong. And I hope I would have the fortitude to see the error of my ways and adjust my thinking accordingly. That's why something unmovable scares me. Something that's malleable does not. So, there you have it. I could probably carry on about this for another hour and a half. But I promised myself to take some time off during the holidays. So I'm not going to keep rambling. I've polluted your, <laughs> your auditory senses enough <laughs> if you're still listening you deserve a medal two medals let's make it two <laughs> bravery and uh, probably a purple heart <laughs> probably have a eardrum that's bursting <laughs> but thanks for hanging in there with me <laughs> That's all I can say. With all that said, and my apologies dearly given to all of you, dear listeners who suffered through this tirade, I will bring this entirely unplanned podcast to a well-deserved close. <laughs> But 
Again, I wanted to sincerely say thank you for hanging in there with me through it. If you made it, you are uh, you are a class act, <laughs> and I am impressed by your fortitude. And I sincerely do thank you for listening and. Allowing me a voice in the face of what I see is just terrible ignorance. But I'm sure. This won't change anything. <laughs> I honestly even doubt this would change anything in anyone's minds. Again, because they have beliefs; those are unmovable. <laughs> See, at least I'm uh, at least I'm honest. So. I do though want to uh, not only thank you for listening, but wish you a very happy new year with the coming January, right around the corner. Incidentally, January is another month that. Of course, can be credited to the Romans and the Roman、uh, pantheon. In fact, it was named after the god, or I think it's the goddess actually,、uh, Janus, who had two faces, one forward. And one backwards. So Janus could see the past, what was once today, while also looking to the future tomorrow. As time moves on. So that's why the Romans named this next month January after Janus, not J A N I C E, J A N U S. Just to clarify, it's not some <laughs> I don't know Anglo-Saxon name. But no, anyway, yeah. So, incidentally,、uh, the first day of New Year's, January first, is in the month named after someone in the Roman pantheon, and aptly so. Looking back to the last year, learning from our mistakes. Looking forward to the new year to make betterment of ourselves and others. So that's a little bonus、uh, cocktail party thing that you can impress people with at cocktail parties. A little bonus. Bit of knowledge as to why it's called January, <laughs> so you can put that in your pocket and、uh, be a real buzzkill at your next New Year's Eve party. <laughs> anyway,、uh, if you wish to support the podcast further, you can do so. 
on Spotify by selecting the podcast and support this podcast is a link on its homepage there on Spotify or on Patreon slash my dog will eat my face (laughs) and you can pledge a few a few bucks and in exchange you get direct dialogue with me whenever you want it possibly and uh, also some uh, fun photos and records of myself, my life and the sweet little dog who's <laughs> the namesake of my podcast (laughs) yes I have his picture for patrons only (laughs) on patreon.com but truly if you've listened to this whole thing you've done yourself you've already given me the best possible gift and Thank you for sharing this rant with me. (laughs) And I'm so happy I could share it with you. (laughs) But with all that being said, I will talk to you again next year and ciao for now <laughs>